lasting ever till I reach the golden strand just beyond the don't you? Just like the message this morning, keep our eyes focused on Jesus and near that, that cross. And if we can do that, we'll definitely be okay. I want to do one more here, quick. It's a, another old one, a great hymn, and we'll pick up the pace a little bit. Victory in Jesus, number 120. This is for Susan. I know this is one of Susan's favorite songs. How a Savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning of his precious blood's atoning. Then I repented of my sins and won the victory. Victory in Jesus, my Savior, forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about his healing, of his cleansing power revealing, how he made the lame to walk again and caused the blind to see. And then I cried, dear Jesus, Come and heal my broken spirit. And somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. Sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. 
I heard about a mansion he has built for me in glory. And I heard about the streets of gold beyond the crystal sea, about the angels singing and the old redemption story. And some sweet day I'll sing up there the song of victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. My love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. All right. Because of that. Fellowship one with another. It's good to be in the Lord's house. Amen. Amen. Thank God for victory in Jesus. Amen. Appreciate the Lord tonight. Uh, thankful for Jesus Christ. Uh, thanks be unto God which giveth us the victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, our victory doesn't come in and through ourselves, but it comes through our Savior. Amen. But we're not fighting in order to obtain victory. We're fighting because we have victory. Amen. I, I'm a winner either way. I'm on the winning side. And, uh, amen, I'm thankful tonight uh, for the victory that we have uh, as Christians. Amen. No reason for us to, to hang our heads. Uh, we need to keep our heads up. Amen. We've, listen, uh, we're, we're, we're uh, I think today uh, in our world, they want to use the L sign and call people losers. Amen. Well, listen, uh, God's people aren't losers. Uh, uh, we have victory uh, 
through Christ. Amen. Appreciate you being here tonight. Uh, I, I thought we had a really good service today. Appreciate uh, being in God's house this morning, uh, but I'm glad I'm here tonight. Uh, boy, I tell you, it's better to be in here where it's warm than outside in the cold. It is cold outside, uh, and I don't know uh, if it's as cold as it is that wind will cut you, but um, amen. Uh, we just might as well just deal with it because it's going to be that way for a while, isn't it, church? Uh, amen. But do, thank, thank you for being here. It's, uh, looking forward to Brother William preaching for us tonight. Appreciate Brother William, and uh, uh, I know he's worked hard to prepare to preach the Word of God, so we appreciate you coming out to support him this evening. I uh, appreciate several in his family being here tonight. Uh, amen. I welcomed him into God's house in spite of their association. So uh, we won't hold William and Beth against them, right? Uh, amen. But uh, uh, look, let's look forward, look forward to what God has in store for us this evening. Uh, we did mention, um, uh, I know the prayer gathering will take place two weeks from this Saturday, so don't forget about that. Uh, also, um, I, I thank some of you ladies, because your preacher was so long-winded, uh, you got out the door uh, and didn't give uh, uh, Holly an opportunity to discuss uh, what needed to be discussed regarding Beth's shower, but I think that they're just going to kind of get around to everyone and, and make sure everybody knows what's going on there uh, as we do our best as a church family to support uh, Miss Beth. Again, I think we need to do something for Brother William too. Uh, amen. That's right. Whatever we, need, whatever we do for Beth, we need to... to, to, to Double it for William. That's what I think. So, all right. Uh, just by way of prayer requests tonight, we did mention uh, several requests this morning. I'll just move on from that uh, so I won't get in trouble. Uh, amen. But um, I know that uh, it was mentioned that uh, Gary and Bunny Foshi, they have COVID. Uh, Mom, you talked to them this afternoon or anything? Remember them in prayer. Continue to remember Kenny Ray as he'll be having surgery tomorrow. It was mentioned, Holly mentioned, Chloe Knight, uh, one of Ellen's step-granddaughters uh, that's sick. Remember Otis? Remember Matt Cutchall? Uh, Uncle Kenny mentioned Craig Hux. Remembered he, remember him in prayer. Also remember uh, Miss Debbie. This is LV's uh, niece. So she needs our prayers. Uh, so uh, we do remember, need to remember these. Remember Holly as she came tonight. But uh, we don't know for sure. But I'm afraid that, that uh, her wonderful husband might have passed uh, a, a gift on to her, you know, the gift that keeps on giving, the stomach bug, praise God. I can't think of anything better I could do for her. So uh, <laughs> you remember her. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be saying that if she hadn't left already, but uh, do remember her in prayer. Hopefully that's not the case. But anything that you'd like to add to the prayer list tonight before, uh, before we go any further in the service? Yeah, I remember Miss Cheryl Davis, as she's not been, Ellen's, remember Ellen, as she's not here either today, so remember her, both of these ladies in prayer. Yeah, amen. Continue to remember Denise, as well as Miss Fanny uh, Swatzel, remember them in prayer. Other requests this evening? Yeah, go ahead.
Remember Amy and Brenda. Somebody else tonight. Let's continue to remember each other in prayer. Pray for our church family. Pray for other churches of like faith. Remember our nation uh, in prayer. Um, again, we talked about, uh, uh, amen, what a traumatic year it's going to be for various reasons. But I'm thankful that uh, the Lord's still on the throne. And uh, amen, we can trust uh, His plan. Amen. So uh, we need to pray for each other. We need to encourage one another. Um, I can't get through this on my own or by myself. I need my brothers and sisters in Christ. You do as well. So if we see, uh, if we see somebody uh, and that thought comes to our mind, well, you know, they just don't seem right or something. They're, they're, not, they're not acting like themselves. Well, don't just think about it. You know, ask them, you know, is everything okay and something I can do to help you? You'd be surprised at uh, what a difference just a word of encouragement will do. Uh, for somebody uh, who's in need, uh, somebody that's just down and out and discouraged. Uh, but then we also need to be faithful in encouraging ourselves in the Lord. Amen. When, when, when nobody else is there to encourage us, I'm thankful that the Lord can do it, aren't you? Amen. Any other prayer needs tonight? Remember Lisa Tomlinson, my aunt, in prayer. Anyone else? Bobby Bowers in prayer. Anyone else? Unspoken request by the uplifted hand. Lost loved ones we need to remember. Amen. We, when, when we do that, we don't just need to do that as a routine. Friend, we need to be concerned about our loved ones. Amen. Because I promise you, if we're not, nobody else will. Amen. So we need to be faithful and and praying and being burdened over them and, and being a witness to them. Sometimes the hardest people to witness to is your family. Uh, but uh, again, uh, I'd rather them get mad at me than for them to go to hell, wouldn't you? Amen. All right, we'll gather around the altar. If you'd like to join us, you can do so. If not, pray there in your seats, please. Dad, you leave us in prayer tonight. Father, we do just uh, appreciate, Lord, another privilege we have to come to your house, Lord, just to gather in your name and amongst your people, Father. Uh, Lord, we're here for no other reason than to worship the one who's worthy. Lord, our Savior, God, in spirit and in truth. And, uh, Lord, I, I just appreciate you. I appreciate Jesus. Lord, I appreciate my Savior, Lord. Lord, I'm thankful, Father, tonight that I know that I know that I'm saved. Lord, I'm 
passed from death to life. Uh, Lord, my name's uh, recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. Lord, I don't have to go to hell, but Lord, I get to go to heaven. Lord, I'm thankful for that. Lord, this evening, God, as we enter into your uh, gates with thanksgiving, into your courts with praise, Lord, help us, Lord, to do that. Lord, this is this service is not about us, it's about you. Lord, uh, your word says that you would have it the praises of your people and let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. God, I pray tonight that you just uh, help us to be found faithful in all things, whatsoever we do. Lord, I'm thankful for your faithfulness. And uh, Lord, help us to be faithful. God, help us to look to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the uh, blessed challenge we received, God, earlier today. And Lord, I pray that it prick our hearts and, uh, Lord, draw us closer to Thee. And Lord, I just pray tonight, God, that You'd give us, Lord, uh, uh, another good, fresh meal from the Word of God. Lord, bless the man of God as he comes to preach to us and deliver thy, to deliver Thy truth. Uh, God, I pray You'd use him. I pray that You'd anoint him. I pray that You'd fill him with the, uh, Lord, the... Uh, the power of the Holy Spirit of God, give him an option, Lord, to declare, thus saith the Lord, God, uh, Lord, bind every demon of hell, Lord, that there wouldn't be anything that would hinder, uh, Lord, your will being done amongst your people, Lord, bless every prayer request that's been mentioned, those who are sick, those who are hurting, Lord, those who are discouraged, most of all those who are lost and dying without you, God, I pray, Father, that you do for us, God, what we're not able to do for ourselves. Lord, I'm thankful for the one that still sits on his throne. Lord, uh, Father, you're not idle, but you're very busy as you're interceding. Uh, Lord, on our behalf, God, Lord, bless tonight. We just commit our service to you. Lord, we ask you tonight uh, from the beginning to the end. Everything that's said and done in this place, God, bring glory to thy name. All right, this time we will receive our Sunday night offering. So you be faithful in giving unto the Lord as he's blessed and prospered you. Uh, Father in heaven, I do thank you this evening, Lord, just for another chance, God, to give back to you as you've given to us. And Lord, thank you, Father, Lord, for every good and perfect gift that comes from the Father of lights in whom there's no variableness, neither shadow of a turning. And Lord, um, God, you are a, a giving God. Lord, you gave... Uh, your only begotten Son to us, and Lord, you, uh, Jesus is the unspeakable gift. Lord, we couldn't ever describe the magnitude of, of um, that great gift that was, that was given. Lord, not just a child that was born, but a son that was given. Uh, Lord, one who would suffer and die uh, in our place on our behalf and for our sins. But Lord, you didn't just leave it there, Father, but you've given us so many other things by your amazing grace. And Lord, um, Father, Lord, your grace is abounded. 
uh, unto us. Lord, uh, Father, you hadn't shortchanged us. You've given us so much more than we deserve. So God, help us to give back to you. Uh, Lord, giving is a form of worship, God. And as we give to you tonight, I pray that our, uh, our gifts and our offerings, Lord, would, uh, Lord, just, uh, Lord, uh, please you. Uh, and would give you the honor uh, that you are deserving of. Bless those who are able to give and those who are not, and may we all give cheerfully unto you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. happy when we get to heaven, aren't you? Amen. No sadness, no dreariness, uh, no depression on the other side. No anxiety medicine in heaven. Amen. Well, God's people ought to be a happy people. We ought to be a people of joy. Uh, the Bible says joy Lord's our strength. Uh, amen. And uh, amen. Uh, I'll tell you what, one of the greatest disgraces you could do the Lord Jesus Christ is to walk around uh, uh, poor mouthing all the time, amen, putting on a, um, amen, a, a, a front as if, uh, amen, the world owes you a favor, I'm telling you, God's been good to us, amen, and uh, we are so blessed, well, I think, Tillman, don't you tell me no again, brother, you got one for me tonight, amen, uh, I've been after him for several services now, and he's got a song for us, him and his buddy that was with us this morning, they were just uh, letting it rip during the congregational singing, and I enjoyed that. And uh, uh, again, appreciate good singing. And Brother Tillman's got a gift, and we like to let him use his his, his talent. So you pray for him as he sings. and his son they called him Jesus he came to love heal and forgive he lived and died to buy my pardon 
sweet to hold a newborn baby and feel the pride and joy he gives but greater Guess it was the last time he sung. I don't remember what song it was, but uh, amen, it was up there in the rafters. And I said, there's no way. But he taught me that night, don't underestimate him, amen. Uh, brother, I tell you, it's a blessing to me, and I mean that with all my heart, uh, amen. Uh, I believe the Lord will use him if uh, he'll lend himself to Jesus, amen. See, the thing is, if we don't encourage God to use them, uh, the devil's crowd will uh, get a hold of them. There'll be plenty of opportunities for Satan to use our children. 
Amen. So we've got to make sure that we encourage them uh, to be vessels, uh, meet for the master's use, prepared unto every good word. Well, I tell you, if you've got a talent, if you've got a gift, do you know when we stand before Jesus one day on Judgment Day, we're going to be accountable for how we've used what God's given to us. And uh, amen. And I've always heard this too, that if, uh, if you don't use what God gives to you, he may take it away and give it to somebody else. So we, we need to use our gifts, amen? Uh, and, uh, but you say, well, preacher, what's important? Well, uh, it's whether or not you're usable. Amen? God will use you, but you've got to be usable. Amen? You've got to give yourself to him uh, and make yourself available. So praise the Lord. I enjoy that. Anybody else have a song tonight, a testimony, something you'd like to share uh, before we preach this evening? I say for we preach before William preaches. Now, y'all don't get excited. I know you think you're going to get out earlier, but I think that's why me and William get along so well is because we've got something in common. Amen. We're long-winded. That's right. Nothing wrong with that. Amen. I've been in churches where, boy, they'd sing you to death for two hours, and the preacher get up and they want you to be done in 15 minutes. Amen. That's That's... I've always been this way. I don't care uh, how long you sing. I mean, we'll, we'll sing as long as you want to sing, but when it comes preaching time, the man of God's going to preach. And uh, amen. Don't ever want to shortchange the man of God, right? Anybody else? Will you sing until you've known? Thank you.
if you have not come face to face with Jesus and His saving grace. Still, you've known no one until you know God and His love. Isn't that a wonderful lyric? Amen. I'm thankful that I know what it is to experience the amazing grace of God in my life. There's a difference in knowing about it and knowing it. Amen. I can know about someone but not know them personally or intimately. But I'm glad I know Jesus today. And I'm glad that He knows me. Now that I know Him, I want to know more about Him. Amen. All right. Well, we've sung enough and now let's turn the preacher man loose. I, I'm a little nervous tonight because... Oh, yeah? Well, maybe not. But uh, you normally, when I uh, so far when I've asked William to preach, it's been on a one or two day notice. I've given him at least a week this time. So he, I guarantee you he's loaded for bear. So uh, you might ought to have your lunch packed and breakfast tomorrow. Amen. No. I'm looking forward to hearing God's word tonight, aren't you? Amen. You come, brother. be in Genesis chapter number 22, Genesis chapter number 22. Just standing there. Just standing there. Okay. It's holding it in too long. Well, the preacher might have told a fib unknowingly, though. <laughs> Despite having a week to prepare, and I have uh, most definitely had planned what I wanted to preach. I wanted to carry on with the thought of behind enemy lines, preaching about uh, the world, the flesh, and the devil. But I've studied, and I've tried, and I've tried, and I just could not get settled on how to uh, I wanted to preach about the end of the world and I could absolutely not get settled <laughs> on on how to bring that message and uh, late this evening the Lord said you better do something different <laughs> so uh, that's a uh, that's scary uh, and I, I'll be honest with you I, I have not got to study this passage like I, I like to like I want to but I pray that the Lord will use it despite Despite that, this is, uh, I'm, I'm like the preacher, whatever passage I'm reading just happens to be my favorite passage, but this this uh, chapter here, uh, Genesis chapter 22, is absolutely one of my favorite passages in all the Word of God. And uh, two of the songs we sang, the congregationals, uh, At Calvary and uh, Victory in Jesus, uh, even uh, Near the Cross, uh, all three of those songs, I was, Tillman was wanting something to sing, and I thought about two of those songs, and like, because they'll go right along with this, and we sang them, so the song Tillman sang uh, went right along with it uh, yeah. just as well. Yes, sir. Uh, I appreciate it when the Lord puts things together like yeah. that without us trying to orchestrate, so uh, I'll try to be obedient to Him. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with this 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 chapter, so I pray the Lord will uh, use it 
uh, I don't know if you'll hear anything that you've never heard before, but there's a lot of a lot of truths in these 14 uh, verses that uh, that we can look back through through having knowledge of the the New Testament. Uh, we can look back into the Old Testament and see that God worked the same way, but we can't do that without with without having the truth of the New Testament to look back that way. And I'm so glad that uh, among many things, he gives us the Holy Spirit that we can see these many, many truths and precious promises and pictures and types uh, that he's placed in his Bible for us to go back and look. There are examples and end samples for us that we can learn of him once we know him. But I do know that there is, uh, you could have ever all the knowledge in the world, but if you have never experienced the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, it is all vanity and vexation, and it will all perish. Uh, there is nothing more important, nowhere whatsoever, than knowing that you are saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing else going to last. Uh, all the knowledge you accumulate, all the wealth you accumulate, whatever you do, None of that is going to matter at all if you don't know the Lord as your Savior. And uh, I appreciate that song. It's a beautiful song, beautiful truth. Now, Genesis chapter 22, Genesis 22, starting at verse number 1. <clears throat> and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. Now, that's not sin. He, uh, he tested Abraham is, is, is simply what that word means. God did te uh, tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, said, he said, Behold, here am I. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and, and rose up, and went unto the place which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes, and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship. Uh, just a note, this is the very first time the word worship is used in the Bible, and it is used uh, in the context of a sacrifice. So when you're uh, willing to give of yourself, willing to give of the most precious things you have, then are you worshiping the Lord. I wonder how many has never give anything of themselves to God. Uh, go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. And they came to the place which God had told them of. And Abraham built an altar there, and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. 
And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou, thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. There is, I don't believe there's any other complete Old Testament picture of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ upon the mount called Calvary than there is right here in this picture uh, that God gives us here in uh, chapter 22 of the very first book of the Bible. And I pray that I will help us to be able to see some of these truths that God has given us. We're going to try to look at five, five different types or five different pictures God gives us here in these 14 verses related to, the, to our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the salvation that he has provided for us. So let's pray one more time. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to open up your word and to preach, uh, to preach your word to your people. Lord, I just uh, pray that you'll help me, give me clarity of mind, uh, give me the right words to say. Lord, I pray that you will use me. Uh, I am an unworthy vessel, but I pray that you'll use me despite that. Uh, speak to your people, bless those that hear. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'll hide me behind your cross and they will hear exactly what you want them to hear. Uh, Lord, help us. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen. Uh, the very first thing here in the first couple of verses, and it came to pass, after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Behold, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here am I. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee to the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. If you'll look back in, uh, you don't have to turn there, but in Second Chronicles 3.1, the Bible says, Then Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem in Mount Moriah, where the Lord appeared unto David his father, in the place that David had prepared in the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. This very place where God tells Abraham to go sacrifice his son that was going to be so perfectly pictured as a sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, this same place where the temple mount uh, is, is built, where God himself, the Lord Jesus Christ, will return to this earth one day and he will sit on the throne of his father David and he will rule the, the earth from that. This is the very same place that, that Isaac was offered. So there is an absolutely intimate connection between the cross and the crown. Had Jesus not been willing to go to the cross, he would have not been able to wear the, the crown that God had prepared for him. 
But this first picture that we're going to look at here is Isaac as a picture or a type of, of Christ. Uh, this young man, uh, he was sentenced to die for absolutely no crime of his own. We read of nothing that Isaac had done to make him worthy of death. Uh, we understand he was a sinner. We're all sinners. Uh, but particularly, he had done nothing. He had committed no crime of his own to be worthy of death. And, and as a young person, it would have been uh, murder or blasphemy or uh, true rebellion against his parents. Those were three uh, crimes that were worthy of death. I wouldn't imagine he would be old enough to be married, but the other one is adultery, is the, the crimes that God sees fit that the, the way to end them is the sentence of death. And Isaac had done no such thing. He was going to be uh, dying for, for, crime, or for no crime of his own, but for uh, simply because he was sentenced to die because it pleased his father. Wow. Isaac wanted to please his father, and his father uh, was to do the will of God in order, yeah. in order to fulfill this purpose and this plan of God. Isaac was willing to do that, and the Lord Jesus Christ also was willing to die to please the Father. We, we so easily see Jesus Christ in this exact, exact same way. He wasn't dying for crimes that he had committed as the two men that joined him in his crucifixion. Those men were guilty sinners, and they admitted it. He had committed no crime whatsoever according to God, and that's who really matters. Even the man that put that condemned him legally, Pilate said, I find no fault in him. When the world says this man has done nothing wrong, you can rest assured between him, them and God, the world will try their best to condemn anybody and everybody. But Pilate himself said that he found no fault in him. But his political stance, his position in the world, uh, he still condemned the Lord Jesus Christ. And the, as much as he wanted to wash the blood uh, of the Lord from his hands, he, uh, he could not do that. Now, it don't matter how much he tried to do that. But Jesus Christ was only dying because it pleased his Father to fulfill God's plan and purpose to redeem fallen man. That, that plan was set in motion at the very moment that Adam and Eve plunged the human race into sin. Uh, this manner in which Isaac is going to die, he goes to this place of sacrifice without opposition. He goes without objection. He goes without argument. There's no attempt whatsoever that we see from Isaac to flee and run away. Regardless of how old you want to pin Isaac, there's all kinds of uh, scholars have varying ages anywhere from 12 to I, I think even 20 as a young man but regardless of how old you want to pin Isaac down to Abraham was 100 years old I'm pretty sure he probably could have gotten away from the old man had he wanted to but he didn't he was willingly obedient to his father 
And we see this same manner in our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, as uh, we heard a couple weeks ago from uh, Isaiah 53, as, uh, in verse number 7, As a sheep before her shear is dumb, so opened he not his mouth. He had no objection to what God had for him to do. Philippians 2, 5 through 8 says, Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and he was made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Praise God, he was willing to go to this cross for no crime of his own. And John 10, we read, Jesus speaking, Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. So Jesus Christ willingly laid down his life upon the cross, and we see that here in this young man Isaac as we look to the mount of the Lord as the Bible says for us to do. Verse 3 and 4. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place far off. So this next picture we're going to look at. Uh, let's look to the father, Abraham. This plan and the desire of God was set in motion sometime well before it was fulfilled. Can you see Abraham preparing the material that it would take to make this sacrifice? All the provision that was needed for this journey, knowing where they were going. This was not on uh, some adventure, some uh, reconnaissance mission to spy out some property, but solely to put his son to death. What must have been going through Abraham's mind as they traveled the miles? Then he looked and he saw Moriah afar off. What must have he felt? as he had no doubt pictured his son laying upon the altar to be slain. Uh, these three days, many times in your Bible, there's a three days, it's a period of, of testing. Uh, verse 4 says, He saw the place afar off. So did God the Father. As, as we have the revelation of the Bible, the revelation... Uh, Speaking of Revelation, uh, in Revelation 13, 8, the Bible says that Jesus Christ was the, lamb, was the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So the plan was put in place long before Jesus ever came to earth. The very first uh, uh, prophecy we have of the Lord Jesus Christ back in Genesis uh, 3, 15 
says that, and I, speaking of God, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So God, and then uh, down in verse 21, turn too quickly. <clears throat> in 21 of uh, Genesis 3, it says, Unto Adam also, and to his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skin, and he clothed them. So God killed lambs to make a covering for Adam and Eve, and that, that from that sacrifice that was made, that would point to the Lord Jesus Christ. Blood would have to be shed from the very moment that sin entered into the world. You see, this wasn't a spur-of-the-moment thing from from that very prophecy in Genesis chapter 3 all the way to Revelation 22 uh, at the completion of the Bible uh, God knew what he had to do to reconcile uh, God, uh, man to himself this wasn't a, a knee jerk decision God had plenty of time to contemplate the, the old ordeal just like Abraham did God told Abraham what he wanted him to do and sometimes it's easier for us to make the right decision at just a spur of the moment thing but when you have to sit back and think about what you have to intentionally do that you know might cause you suffering it might cost you uh, time it might cost you money it might cost you the fellowship of your family it's not always easy to make the right decision especially when you have time to sit and think about it but but God didn't do that and Abraham didn't do that praise the Lord but Romans 8:32 says he that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all uh, and in John 3:16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life God gave of his best and he didn't just do it on a whim he had thought about it for eternity past when he put the plan into motion to save us the fire uh, the fire and the knife was in the hand of the father turn to Isaiah 53 if you want to hold your place there in Genesis but Isaiah 53 this fire and the knife was in the hand of the Father. <clears throat> the preacher touched on it a couple weeks ago. We're going to look at these verses quickly. But <clears throat> Isaiah 53, starting at verse number 4. <clears throat> Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our, our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, Smitten of God and afflicted. Man didn't, man might have been the tool, but God was the one that punished him for our sins. I believe, I believe everything that happened up until the darkness fell upon the land, that was just man being man. I believe that that period of darkness is when the Lord poured out his wrath on the Lord Jesus Christ. That wasn't for us to see. That you if you read through the gospels of the the account on the cross there is very little about God actually punishing 
his son for our sin. You have to go to the Old Testament here in Genesis 22 and uh, in the book of Psalms and see what, what little bit of glimpse God gives us for him pouring out his wrath on his son for our sins. Uh, but God is the one that, that uh, he was smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on the Lord had laid, hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. Who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people, and he was stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth, yet... It pleased the Lord to bruise him. He, that's God the Father, hath put him, that's Jesus Christ, to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, and he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. The fire and the knife, they were in the hand of Abraham the father, the, so were the fire and the knife to put his son to death were in the hand of God the father. Are you looking at the mount? Are you seeing what God done for us? <clears throat> Skip down to uh, verse number 13. Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, Behind him, a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And see, this ram is a type of our substitute. What, what is a ram? A ram is simply a grown-up lamb. The Bible says the man... Christ Jesus. Uh, Hebrews 10, 5 through 10 says, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book, it is written of me to do thy will, O God. Above when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offerings for sin, thou wouldest not, neither hadst pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. We see, we see this young man. Uh, let's go back and read the, uh, the verses between. 
starting at verse number 5. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, and laid it upon his son Isaac. And he took the fire in his hand, and the, and the knife, and they both went of them. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here am I. My son, and he said, Behold, the fire in the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they both went, both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told them of. And Abraham built there, built an altar there, and laid the wood in order, and bound his son, and laid him upon the uh, laid him on the altar upon the wood we say that, see this young man he is bound he is about to die you know the Bible says that we were dead in our trespasses and sins and I and you had not been for the love of God would have burned in hell fire and deservingly so but God calls a halt to uh, because uh, these pictures and types that God gives us in his Bible, he, uh, we can only stretch them so far because there is only one true sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we see this young man, he's bound and he's about to die. And after death, he is going to burn just like you and I would have done. But God calls a halt to his death and an offering is provided in the stead of the lad. Now, the, that ram was already there. That ram was already there. But Abraham had to turn. He had to repent. He had to convert. He had to move to see that ram that was already there. How many of us, have we turned? You know, your, your lamb is already there. Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. He's already there, but have you turned tonight? This ram is caught by the horns in a thicket. That means that those briars, those thorns, they were wrapped around his head. When Abraham went and grabbed that, that ram by the back feet and pulled him out of that, that thicket, that ram had a crown of thorns upon his head. Those thorns were, a, were one of the judgments upon the earth when man fell into sin. And one of the reasons why the Lord Jesus Christ wore that crown of thorns, it was a, a, what man had done, uh, it was a sin, had caused the earth to be cursed. But in Mark 15, 17, says that and they clothed him with purple and plaited a crown of thorns about his head this ram that so so pictures our substitute the the ram that died in our place even though we were the ones that were condemned to die uh, so so perfectly pictures the lord jesus christ now uh, let's look at this return off of the mount if you'll notice uh, let's see 
In verse number 5, the Bible says, And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with us, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and, and come again to you. It's insinuated by Abraham's words that he and the lad are going to come again to the young men. He does, he does not say, I will return unto you. He said, we are going and we will come again to you. So this, this return off the mountain is a, is a type of the resurrection. In Hebrews, uh, in Hebrews 11 we read, Hebrews eleven seventeen we read, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he said, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Abraham had said to his servants that they both would return, and he brought Isaac out of death. Isaac was as good as dead, laying on that altar, fixing to, to lose his life, and he, uh, and he and Isaac returned off that mountain. Uh, he and Sarah, though, uh, and, and another back in Romans 4, or over in Romans 4, uh, talk, speaking about being dead, read this real quick, or look at it real quick. Uh, Abraham and Isaac, or uh, Abraham and Sarah both were were said to be, uh, more, as far as childbearing goes, their bodies were were dead. I'm not going to go there. Sorry, I'm not going to go there. But uh, if you read Romans four, that's our our example. God gives Abraham as our example of faith and how to be saved but he and Sarah both were uh, said to be dead uh, in their their child producing capabilities uh, and God brought life to both of them uh, though uh, I think Sarah was uh, was 90 I believe that's right close to it or 89 when they got the promise and, and Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born so though he was was to be slain and burned, he believed that God would keep his promises and he would make this great nation the, out of the, the land of Canaan through Isaac's, uh, through Isaac's seed that he, he hadn't seen any of this come to pass yet, but yet Abraham believed God would do this and he was willing. He had, he had had the promise. God had told him he would make him a great nation out of his own loins. He and his wife were, were dead as far as childbearing, but when they had this son, Abraham knew that he had not, was not yet the father of a great nation. Isaac had had no children, so by faith, Abraham knew that regardless of what God had asked him to do, that God would raise Isaac up from the dead because from Isaac was going to be a great nation. That takes the faith. That's why God continuously points us to the faith of Abraham. When God gave him a promise, Abraham messed up along the way uh, quite a few times, so we, we, can, uh, we don't have to worry about being perfect. We have to worry about having faith in what God tells us to do. Abraham lied 
twice about his wife being his sister. Uh, and, you know, God points us to Abraham as being uh, our example of faith. Sarah probably wouldn't. Uh, but then again, the Bible says Sarah called him Lord. So Sarah was obedient to God by being obedient to her husband. Uh, now, this next uh, thing we're going to look at here. Some say that there's a, uh, a contradiction about who carried the cross, Jesus or Simon the Cyrenian. And I believe this passage clears it up uh, for us. If we, if we look at this passage and then look to the New Testament and the Gospel accounts, who carried this cross, Jesus Christ or Simon the Cyrene? And as the preacher said this morning, there's zero contradictions in this Bible. If there's a contradiction and what we read, the contradiction is in our, our minds. It's in our understanding, and we need to keep reading. We need to trust God to show us the truth from the Bible, and he will do that. If we're faithful to trust him, even if there's something we don't understand, if we will just trust him, he will show us the truth that we need to see. And if we do believe that God gave us his word and he preserved uh, his word for us in our language perfectly, this, this story illustrates it and it just helps me to believe uh, God's word more and more. If you will turn to Luke 23, Luke chapter 23. Who bore the cross of Jesus Christ. Luke 23. <clears throat> Luke 23, verse number 24. Luke 23. 24 and Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they required and he released unto him that for for sedition and murder was am I nope, wrong yeah okay it released unto him for for sedition and murder was cast into prison whom they had desired speaking of uh, Barabbas but he delivered Jesus to their will and as they led him away they lay hold on one Simon, a Cyrenian, coming out of the country, and on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. So what we have, as soon as they came out of Pilate's judgment hall, Simon, the Cyrenian, was to bear the cross after Jesus. That means he was behind Jesus. If you'll remember back, to the, to the mockery of this whole, uh, this whole trial and what was going to be a crucifixion. Uh, we'll read here in just a minute in Matthew, which the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew gives us the picture of Jesus Christ as the King of the Jews. So uh, what we f first read, keep in mind that the cross was put on Simon the Cyrenian to bear it as soon as they came out of Pilate's judgment hall, is what this ver these verses here in Luke read. Now turn to Matthew 27. 
who bore the cross. You know, if there was a contradiction in the Bible, people would be able to just throw the whole thing out and say, well, that's a lie. If there's a contradiction, it would mean that more or less there is a lie in the Bible and it would give somebody an excuse not, not to believe God, not to know that they need the Savior, of, of the saving grace of Jesus Christ to be saved. So the more we can trust that God has preserved his word, the more we will be able to witness the, the more faith we have in the word of God, the stronger we can stand upon it. In Matthew 27, 29, <clears throat> the wording is extra precise here and it answers this question of who carried the cross. Uh, Matthew 27, 29, Then they had plaited a crown of thorns and put it upon his head and a reed in his hand and they bowed the knee before him. See, this is mockery. They bowed the knee before him and mocked him saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit upon him and they took the reed and smote him on the head. And after that they had, they had mocked him. They took the robe off from him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. As, and as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they had come unto a place called Golgotha, that is to say, a place of a skull. So we read here in verse number 33, speaking of who was carrying the cross, and when they were come unto a place called Golgotha, that is to say, a place of a skull, unto. Now we have to take in mind this whole thing is a mockery toward the king. And this is a mock procession. The king is out in front. They said that Simon was to bear the cross after the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus was the was the king that they were making fun of and his, his one servant behind him carrying his burden unto Golgotha. Now remember that, unto, U-N-T-O. Mark 15, Mark 15. I'm trying to put this together. Mark 15. Verse 21 and 22. And they compel Simon, a Cyrenian, who passed by, coming out of the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. And they bring him unto the place Golgotha, uh, once again, unto the place Golgotha, which is being interpreted the place of a skull. So Simon, the Cyrenian, Carried the cross unto Golgotha. John 19. John 19. Starting at verse number 16. So what, what we're looking at here. Back in our story in uh, Genesis, let me just read you a few verses to 
get your mind where it should uh, a little discombobulated. I'm not sure exactly what that word means. I've never seen anybody that's combobulated, but you can be discombobulated. <laughs> but here in uh, verse number 6, the Bible says, And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering. It, the, at, at the very first of the story, it says that he, uh, he had claved the wood for the burnt offering. He had put it on, on the ass, and they had traveled all these miles and then verse 6 says, And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. So the wood went from, from the donkey to the son Isaac. It, that's what we're, it's what we're looking at here. As far as the cross, the, the wood was transferred from the servant to the son. Just, just like we're reading here in the New Testament. This, this cross of uh, Jesus Christ had been bore from, from Pilate's judgment hall all the way unto the place called Golgotha. In John 19 we read, starting at verse number 16, Then delivered he therefore unto them to be crucified, and they took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went forth, What's that next word in it? Into a place called the place of a skull, which, in the, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha. One letter perfection, and we've seen it way back in Genesis 22. The, the servant, the donkey, carried the wood unto the base of the mountain. From there, the wood was taken off of the donkey, off of the servant. It was put on the son. It was put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And he carried the, the cross from the base of the place called Golgotha, Golgotha into the place where he would be crucified. One letter perfection. It makes a difference. Uh, setting forth truth and typology way back in Genesis 22. If we look to the mount of the Lord it shall be seen uh, Simon this servant carried the wood uh, as far as the mount then Jesus as Isaac took the wood and carried it into the mount and if you want a cross reference for these into uh, Exodus 19 uh, Exodus 19 12 I'm not going to read it in Exodus 19 17 uh, speaks of going to a mountain then once you leave the base of the mountain going on into the mountain you're said to be into the mountain unto and into Simon the Cyrenian carried the cross unto the mountain and from there the cross was taken off Simon Cyrenian and the Lord Jesus Christ bore his own cross into the mountain where he would be crucified now uh, we see uh, a small glimpse of the rapture here. I'm, I'm through. We have a small glimpse of the rapture uh, here in the end of this story. Isaac was offered by the father on the mount. Because there was a substitute provided, they had restored fellowship when Christ 
just as when Christ rises from the dead. He has complete restored fellowship with his father. He, he had took the sin that had separated him from God the Father, but when he rose from the dead, that fellowship was restored and his relationship with God the Father was restored as it was before. Then Isaac returns alive and he's presented to the servants as Abraham said they would. That is, uh, uh, and, and 40 days after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he spends with the believers uh, the same picture that he was presented to the servants. God the Father presented his resurrected son to the believers for 40 days before his ascension. Then Isaac departs with his father just as the Lord Jesus Christ ascended into heaven to, have, to be seated at the Father's right hand. And we do not see Isaac anymore at all until we get to the end of Genesis chapter 24. And the next time we see Isaac, Isaac goes forth to meet Rebekah, his wife. That's where Abraham had sent his son to find a bride for Isaac. Just like the Holy Spirit has sent out, has sent us out, and, and has, the Holy Spirit has been sent out, and He is preparing a bride for His Son. And the next time the Lord Jesus Christ will be seen by anybody upon this earth is when He is coming to get His bride, and I'm going to be part of that, and I hope you are too. That's what I have. I know it was a little chopped up and I, I do apologize I'm, I'm typically much more prepared I knew this evening it was going to be a little bit of a challenge uh, when the Lord moved me from what I, I had That's once again I guess uh, what I wanted was different than what the Lord uh, had for me but I pray that maybe next time he will let me uh, finish that but it is a beautiful picture that we see and we ought to anytime we're reading the Old Testament we need to be looking where is Jesus in the passage and and he is all through the Old Testament he he, he told us that he was uh, he told the those that had kept the scriptures those that were uh, their job was to to transcribe the scriptures they they thought just because they had them they had something that Jesus Christ said for you know speaking of the scriptures for in them you think, uh, you think you have eternal life, but they are they which testify of me. He said, if you don't see me in there, you don't see anything at all. It don't matter if we believe in the preservation of Scripture. If we don't see Jesus in it, it does us no good. And, uh, and this, this story is, is so, so beautiful in telling us just exactly how, how precise God is in the way he wrote his Bible, and we just need to trust it and believe it when he says, we need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. We need to trust that. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to open up your Bible and preach your word. Lord, I pray that uh, it's been a help to somebody. Uh, Lord, I just pray that somebody will trust the word that you have given them, us just a little more uh, through seeing this, this great and wonderful 
uh, picture that you've given us all the way back in Genesis 22. Uh, Lord, help us to believe your promises and to trust you for, uh, for salvation. And then once we've trusted you for salvation, Lord, I pray you'll help us to trust you more and more to live for you and pleasing to you each and every day. And we can do that by looking to your perfect word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That is just um, one of those passages in the Word of God that you can read it over and over a hundred times. And just when you think you saw everything there is to see, then you see something new. Amen. Genesis chapter number 22, just like Isaiah chapter number 53, there ought to be enough evidence in that chapter alone to convert any atheist. Amen. I mean, to see Jesus as clearly... Uh, portrayed, amen, over a thousand years, I guess, before he ever came to this earth, amen, in the story of Abraham offering his only son Isaac, and uh, boy, you talk about faith now, uh, you know, I believe that Abraham's life was a series of tests, um, one test after another. God developed faith in Abraham by proving himself faithful to him. Uh, amen. Through all of the tests, successes, failures. But boy, it all culminated in the great test of his life after he had given him. Can you imagine? Can you imagine after God had given you the one thing that you long for more than anything else in this world? Give him a son miraculously, supernaturally. And then all of a sudden God said, now wait, I want you to take what I gave you and give it back to me. Offer it up as a sacrifice. I mean, you know, what kind of sense does that make? It's, it's, it doesn't make any sense. But yet Abraham, and boy, I tell you, when William read that Hebrews chapter number 11 about, you know, Abraham offered up his own son believing that God was even able to raise him up from the dead. Uh, now that is faith, brother. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I believe with all my heart that Abraham had every intention of thrusting that knife through the chest of his son. Because that's what God told him to do. But God intervened uh, at the right moment. And, um, yeah, and I, another thing I loved in that message was uh, how that William said, you know, the lamb or the ram, let's call it what it was, the ram in the thicket, it was already there. Abraham just had, hadn't seen it yet. I personally believe, and I don't have... Maybe there is. I haven't found evidence to back it up, but I believe it was there from the very point in time that Abraham started on his journey and he saw the place afar off. Uh, amen. It was there. The ram was there. The provision, uh, the deliverance was there. Abraham just wasn't close enough to see it. You know, that's what faith is. Faith is the substance of, of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I mean, just because you see it doesn't, doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Amen? And uh, 
but what I saw tonight, and I don't think I'd seen it before, maybe I had, uh, amen, since I'm, uh, I've seen my best days, amen, um, I, you know, I could, but, but Jehovah Jireh, uh, you know, that, that name means the Lord shall provide, but the Bible pretty much interprets it for itself. It said, in the mount it shall be seen. <laughs> Brother, you know, God's got some things in your life. Once again, I'm not prosperity preaching tonight. I'm just saying God's got some things prepared in your life. They're already there. You just hadn't seen it yet. Amen. What if, what if um, Abraham had waited uh, on the provision to claim the promise. He'd have missed out. Amen. You got, you got to obey. You, you got to obey the will of God. Believing that God will keep his word. And will fulfill his promise. In his time. Amen. Believe, uh, believing. That. In due time. There will be a provision. God will provide for our needs. He just wants us to obey his word. Amen. Well, that's wonderful. I, I just love Genesis chapter number 22, and I don't know why God does that, gives you a week to pre uh, prepare, and then gives you a curveball at the last minute. I, I tell you, the Lord works in mysterious ways, does he not? But I thought the man of God did a good job tonight. Let's all stand. Amen. Miss Pam's got something she wants to play on the piano. Uh, Father in heaven, we do love you. We thank you, Lord, that you provided yourself. Uh, Lord, uh, behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. Father, I'm thankful I've seen the ram. I'm thankful that I've seen that sacrificial provision that God has uh, made available to me. Thank you, Lord, for the Savior. Lord, as we said this morning, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Father, the, the remedy is available. Uh, Lord, the provision has been provided to us. The question is, have we seen it? Have we looked to the want, to the Lamb, slain from the very foundation of the earth? God, in order for Israel, those who had been uh, bitten by the, and, and poisoned by the venomous snake bites in the Old Testament in the wilderness, uh, Lord, you provided... Uh, Lord, by the serpent of brass, Lord, the brazen serpent on a pole, Lord, you provided it, <laughs> of which Jesus is a type, and a, or which is a type and a picture of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that we've looked and we've saw the lamb. I pray that we've saw the, the serpent of brass. Lord, if any man look towards you, they'll live. God, it's, Lord, the reason that sinners are perishing, souls are dying, hell is enlarging herself by the day, it's, Lord, not because, a, Lord, a lamb has, hasn't been slain, it has been. You have provided a solution to man's sin problem. There's a remedy, there's a cure. Problem is, most people have never saw him. 
Maybe they've heard about Him, but by faith they've never looked towards the cross. They've never seen Christ for who He is. Lord, help them not to just see Him as, a, as, as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Lord, help Him not to just see Him as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Not even as a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. But Lord, a serpent experiencing judgment and bearing our sins, suffering not for what He did. Why? Because He did nothing wrong. But Lord, You were slain for us and on our behalf. Just as that ram was offered in Isaac's stead and in his place. Father, I'm thankful that the Son of God, Lord, help us to comprehend the magnitude of that, the fact that God killed His own Son so that I could be saved. God, would I do that? No, I wouldn't. Especially not for wicked, hell-bound, undeserving sinners. Lord, You killed Your own offspring so that we might have eternal life. May that be the heartbeat of our lives, God. Maybe somebody would like just to come to an old-fashioned altar tonight and say, Thank You, Jesus, for what You've done for me. Thank You for dying in my place, suffering on my behalf and for my sins. Lord, I'm thankful that you were wounded for our transgressions. You were bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace fell upon you. And it's by your stripes that we have been healed. Thank you, Lord, for saving our souls, dying in our place and for our sins. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said. Let's sing a verse of there is a fountain filled with blood. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Thank you, Lord, where sin plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains lose all their guilty stains lose all page 379 in the red book hymnal thankful for the blood of Jesus and sinners plunge beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains the And there may I, though 
lisping, stammering tongue lies silent in the grave. I'm still going to sing of thy power to save. Isn't that good? Amen. Ain't nobody going to keep me from bragging on Jesus. Uh, amen. Even when I'm dead and gone, this old body uh, is lying in a cold, dark grave. Amen. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And uh, one of these days, I'm going to get a new, brand new body. It says it's a fashioned it's a glorified body that's going to be fashioned like unto his glorified body. Amen. 
Uh, amen. Beloved, now we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Amen. I'm going to be like Jesus one day. Boy, I ought to want to be like him now, but I'm not nearly as like him as I ought to be. But one of these days, amen, uh, I'm going to be fashioned just like unto Christ. Amen. Isn't that a blessing? If you've enjoyed the service tonight, say amen. 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 Appreciate Brother William and his obedience tonight. I thought he did a wonderful job of bringing out the truths of Genesis chapter number 22. Hope you have a wonderful week and let's continue to be in prayer and ask the Lord to build and grow our church. And uh, Amen. I've got some uh, meetings hopefully in the next few days. Amen. And just pray that the Lord would uh, bring our way just exactly who he'd have. To be here, we do appreciate our visitors. Again, William's family, Beth's family too. Yeah, yeah, whatever, right? Amen. No, we do appreciate them being with us tonight. Yeah, Corey, we're glad Corey's, Corey's with us as well. Uh, amen. Uh, all right, let's uh, ha- dismiss tonight uh, with a word of prayer. Uh, Dad, you dismiss us.
Tá good. Tá good. Come on. Hey, girlfriend.